Welcome to Near Death Experience Podcast, the official source of audio accounts for the Near Death Experience Research Foundation, nderf.org. I'm Chaz Hathaway, author of Life in the Spirit World, What Near-Death Experiences May Teach About Life on the Other Side, which is available in the bookstore on our website, neardeathexperiencepodcast.org. And I will say I just got my first copies of the book myself yesterday in the mail, and I am very pleased with the result. I was, you know, whenever you... uh, publish a book and you're like, is it going to look okay? Is it going to feel all right in the hand? Is it going to, you know, everything? And, and I was very pleased with the result, very pleased. So if you have not ordered a softbound copy of the book and you want to, now is a great time to do it. The book looks fantastic in in my humble opinion. So uh, anyway, um, let's go ahead and do today's uh, near-death experience. Actually, we may share two Uh, The first one is by Maria on nderf.org. Maria says, I blacked out once on the few short blocks to the hospital while in the ambulance, coming to inside while they were wheeling me into the emergency room. After I was in the emergency room, they began working on me. I found out later I had a swished spleen, which was removed in surgery, broken ribs and lots of bad scrapes and bruises, from being dragged and had lost a great deal of blood. While the doctors and nurses were very busy hooking things up to me, asking me questions such as my name, I felt myself feeling very weak and light. Then suddenly I couldn't hear anything anymore. I could just see the nurses' mouths moving and I knew they had been talking quite loudly to each other and the doctor, so I realized something was changing quickly. I kept closing and opening my eyes, thinking somehow that that would help me hear them again. Then suddenly I wasn't there anymore. I was zooming down the center of a huge tunnel that seemed to be lit from inside the walls of it. I could tell I was actually moving because the tunnel walls had a spiral effect to them. I remember thinking how beautiful it was and was amazed how I could be suspended in air, flying so fast down the center of this huge thing. As I went through it, I began losing memory of my life and family and felt startled and alarmed at this. That had always bothered me to this day. Then I stopped moving and seemed to be floating, and I became aware of another person or entity with me, who had a very not-quite-solid form, but was more like a large, white, glowing energy form. This energy knew me personally. A voice, like a man's voice, yet very different, entered my head and called me by name, saying, Denise. It is not your time. You will have to go back. I responded with thought only, this seemed the only way of communicating, that I didn't want to because it hurt too much. Then he moved an arm out in front of uh, of himself. It looked more like a glowing white arm of a robe. And I looked where he seemed to be pointing and saw out in front of us a pedestal with a huge, ancient-looking book opened up and sitting atop of it. I, I thought, 
I want to look at that. I want to go look at that. And I was immediately told that I could not. Then he told me, it is the book of answers. You cannot look into it and go back. Then suddenly, I was back moving down the huge tunnel again and returned to my body. That is the end of Maria's account. I find it interesting that as she is, a couple of things, she feels herself um, getting light, very weak and light. I suspect most of us, especially adults, have had times of feeling weak and light, at least to some extent, whether um, uh, during a sickness or, or some other thing. So that doesn't seem strange. But this I find interesting that she could see but couldn't hear. I've heard it said, and I'd have to look it up to see if it's a fact or not, but I've heard it said that the hearing is usually the last of the five senses to go, which means that um, if they stop hearing, it probably means they're dead, which is you know, what I'm suggesting here, is that perhaps at this point she is separated from the body, albeit occupying the same space, and there should be a term for that. Maybe we can come up with one. But uh, being in but out of the body. And uh, she is confused about this. So she keeps closing her eyes and opening them back up again. Uh, uh, expecting the sound to come back. But it doesn't. And next thing she knows, she is not there anymore. But zooming through a huge tunnel. And uh, the description that she gives of the tunnel is some, she talks about a spiraling effect. She says that it seemed to be lit from the inside of the walls of it. Let's see, that seemed to be lit from inside the walls of it. So it's, it's as if light is coming from the inside of the walls of the tunnel, which is interesting. And then she finds that she is forgetting her life behind her. And that scares her a little bit. She doesn't want to forget. And so she stops. And in stopping, she finds herself in the presence of a being who she describes as having a voice like a man's, yet it's different, and being told, it's not your time, you'll have to go back. I would be interested to talk to people who experience these uh, light beings on the other side who are not just light and not, you know, looking fully physical, albeit very, you know, well lit. Because uh, here this person seems to be, it's hard to tell from, uh, you know, what this person would look like in a painting or or a photograph because um, she describes him as just being like an entity of energy and um, even when he says then he moved an arm out in front of himself and, uh, in order to point in a direction and she says it looked more like a white or sorry a glowing white arm of a robe so is this like a robe with light coming out of it I don't know and if so are we talking about the intelligent consciousness form wearing a robe or are we talking about some form besides bodily or light or no form at all i'd be interested to know that so um we'll have to keep an eye out for more experiences
like that to see what we can learn. Here's another experience, this one by Anik, or Anik, maybe it's pronounced, A-N-N-I-C-K, also from enderf.org. She says, I was in labor of my youngest daughter. I was partially anesthetized for I had an operation instead of a normal delivery. They anesthetized me more than necessary because the anesthesia didn't work immediately. My body or my blood pressure dropped and I started to feel very sick. After a half an hour, my daughter was born. Then they continued. I did need a sterilization because I could not have a third child. It was already my second child with an operation. Doctors did not want to take the risk of a third. I was still conscious. While performing the sterilization, they discovered I had cancer and they had to cut it out. Anesthesia did not work like it was meant to, and my body protested from pain. My heart stopped a few t- or stopped two times. They recovered me by putting adrenaline straight into my heart. I was back and did not feel anything strange at the time. After another two hours, they had many problems with the cancer. I felt dizzy. My heart stopped for the third time, and I started to feel little shakes inside of me. Before I knew, I saw myself lying on the operation table. After a few seconds, I saw the doctors panic. One of them shouted that I had lost too much blood. Suddenly, all I saw was light. Not bright light, but soft, comforting light. I don't know how to explain it. Like I said, it was too big for words. There was a peace coming over me. Rest, peace in its greatest form. No worries, no problems, no bad feelings, no black thoughts. Only peace. Bigger than when you're in love. Greater than when you hold your child for the first time. More beautiful than anyone can imagine. Only peace, rest, and happiness. Nothing else. I saw a woman beautiful, with a light blue long dress, charming. At that time, I realized I was dead, or out of my body anyway. All I could think was, okay, I saw my daughter. She's great. She's beautiful. She's healthy. I'm gone now. She will be all right. It sounds egocentric, but I did not feel bad about this at the time. Strange. I was happy. I have seen her, and that was all that mattered at the time. I kept looking at the light, at the woman. I was extremely happy. There was not a real face. She was blonde with a blue dress. She smiled. The soft, or the white soft light changed into a landscape. Grass of the greenest green, with red roses as far as the eye could see. I knew the woman was beside me. I did not really see her, but I knew she was there. It was so beautiful. I cried from happiness. From one moment to the other, I felt like someone or something was pulling me away. The landscape faded, and I was back on the operation table. It sounds strange, but I felt like being born Air came into my lungs with a lot of pain, 
and I shouted like heck. After a few seconds, I realized I was back, and all I did was beg them to let me go, to go back where I came from. I cursed, shouted at the doctors. I was extremely mad. Believe me, normally I am a very calm person. I hit them, shouted at them. Nothing mattered. I wanted to go back. Of course, this did not help. Afterwards, I heard they declared me dead a few minutes before. That's the end of Anik's experience, or Anik's um, experience. You know what this reminds me of, just a little bit? Have you seen Star Trek Generations, the, the first of the Next Generation movies, uh, where the, the temporal nexus is swallowing, you know, it's, it's going through the universe and it just swallows everything in its path, but anything that's a life form that gets swallowed up by it um, goes to this place of absolute joy and absolute um, just euphoric, loving, you know, joy, basically. And, uh, and then the bad guy in the show, he, you know, in this process, uh, you know, there's these people that are swallowed up in this nexus, and a ship comes and senses them inside this, you know, temporal nexus, things are being destroyed, and they're just kind of floating in this nexus, and they're, you know, in order to save them, they beam them out, and the people are kind of saying, you got to send me back, you got to send me back, and the people at the time are assuming that they're wanting to be sent back in order to save their friends, and they're just being calmed down, you know, it's okay, you know, you're safe now, you're, you know, we're, we're getting the rest of you out, it's, it's okay, no, you don't understand, you've got to send me back, and, and they basically, the, the bad guy, who turns out to be the bad guy later anyway, he's not, bad at the time has to be um you know uh, put to sleep in order to keep him from becoming violent with the people who are pulling them out of this nexus it just reminds me of that i i don't know what why that matters but if you watch that show and think boy wouldn't it be nice to go to something like that well guess what we're all headed there <laughs> not a temporal nexus but heaven rather and uh and, you know, her fighting of the doctors at the end it reminds me of that. She talks about this woman that she sees beautiful in a light blue long dress, charming. And it sounds so beautiful and sweet. But then, you know, and you get this in near-death experiences, which I don't quite know what to make of. Um, but she says there was not a real face. She was blonde with a blue dress and she smiled. So I'm like... If she doesn't have a face, then what does this smile look like? And is a smile something beyond emotion of the face? Or is it some kind of emotional portrayal? I don't know. But, uh, you know, and was where her face is, is it just light? Or is it, I mean, she goes on and says later, um, I didn't really see her, but I knew she was there. And I'm like, how... How do you know she's smiling then? How do you know she's blonde and, and has a blue dress if you don't really see her? What does that mean? And I, I have a suspicion that it's that she is seeing her, but not with physical eyes, with something bigger and more uh, sensual than even the eyes can see. So I, I don't know what to make of that, but uh, interesting anyway. And... Uh, since this seems to be common, um, 
a common way of, of uh, describing people on the other side as not having faces really, but apparently not needing them. You know, to us that sounds a little creepy, and yet you hear her, everything is so beautiful, and she, this woman is so beautiful that uh, Anik is just absolutely um, in tears with the beauty of it all. And so it's not the least bit disturbing. So she says, I cried from happiness. It was so beautiful. And so not anything to be, it's like we should be weirded out by that, but we don't have to be, is kind of the way I, <laughs> I see it. And the fact that she's seeing but not seeing, it makes me think that there's something indistinct or you know not focusable about it. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, very interesting. And, and, you know, when it comes down to it, this is all such joy that even the thought of her baby leaving her baby on this earth and um, going on doesn't trouble her. And she even says, strange, you know, it's strange that I thought that way, but that's how I was thinking. So um, very interesting. While we are the same person, while we do think pretty much the same way, there are obviously aspects of the way we think that cannot be uh, portrayed exactly um, as we might portray it here. So, interesting. Anyway, if you would like to uh, support the podcast, either you can do that by either purchasing the book, Life in the Spirit World, which you can get in Kindle form, in ebook form as an EPUB, uh, PDF, whatever, or the softbound book, which again, I've finally seen and I'm excited about. It's beautiful. Um, you can do that by going to neardeathexperiencepodcast.org and clicking on bookstore. You'll see it there and where you can make the purchases. Also, you can become a patron of the podcast by going to patreon.com slash ndecast and becoming an ongoing monthly contributor. There's also a link on our website to there and you will have access to the weekly extra episode uh, if you become a contributor there. You can also contact the podcast to either share a comment, ask a question, or to share your own near-death experience by emailing neardeathexperiencepodcast at gmail.com or by calling 970-NDE-CAST. It will give you a three-minute message time. If you can't get your message in that quick, just call right back and continue your message and keep calling back as many times as it takes. I can easily piece it together to put on the podcast. So once again, thank you all of you so much again for listening.